I'm Mandy. And I'm Jessica. And this is The Coop. You're listening to The Coop Homeschool Podcast. This is your podcast for community, humility, and joyful fun in homeschooling. This is episode 98, Kid Friends. Today's episode is Kid Friends. Oh, (laughs) this is an area of parenting that we spend a lot of time helping our kids with. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to find friends for our kids, Mm -hmm. developing friendships, continuing friendships, navigating conflict, letting go of friends, and then some resources for teaching about friendships. It's a doozy. It's a doozy. But before we start, Mandy, what's your scoop on the coop? Well, right now... My husband and my oldest child, who happens to be my son, yes. are changing out of a bathroom faucet. Oh, fun. <laughs> I know. So it's for the first time my husband's YouTubed it. I've talked about this before with changing out toilets. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I want my children, boy or girl, to be able to be handy in their home. Right. To at least know that they can figure it out. They might not know how oh, to do it, yeah. but to know that they're capable of doing it. Yeah. I know the value of that and I want that for my kids so that they're not always having to pay for someone to do something. Totally. Earlier today, I took my kids to a free concert hour at the community college. So fun. And it's it was fun because I mentioned it in the previous episode when we were talking about performing and taking your kids to see shows and so I knew I needed to go and do it and I'm so glad we did we got to see a renowned cellist it's amazing accompanied by an incredible pianist and we even moved seats in the theater during a small little break because I wanted my daughter to be able to see the piano and we ended up in the wrong seats now I know where to sit next time if there's a piano on stage but I realized that's what I want her to be able to see is to really see these professional musicians play and experience what they're doing, you know? And so it was really beautiful. And one of the pieces they played in the set was the Swan by Camille Saint-Saëns and it's from Carnival of the Animals. It's the Swan is a famous ballet piece. And so it was just this beautiful connection for my kids. You know, it wasn't all music that they were unfamiliar with. It was a song that they know. And so that was really powerful. And it's one of the most famous cello solos out there, this one. So it was just a really neat moment to connect all of that. And we've been listening to a Carnival of the Animals CD in the car where it tells the story. And then it gives a history of the Carnival of the Animals composition and the composer. And so it was just a really neat tie into it all. We're going to get into kid friends. Uh, We talk a lot about friendships. In some of our previous episodes, we've talked about mom friends in episode 27. We talk a lot about friendships or the ways of social interactions in episode 36, socialization. We talk about it in our co-ops episode. We have a three-part series, but primarily in episode 47 in part two on co-ops. And then again, we talk about faith and friends in episode 58 and how to help navigate our own faith and our kids' friendships with others who may be of the same or differing faiths. Yeah, friendship is such a big part of homeschooling Mm -hmm. and we're all navigating it together. Absolutely. I thought I'd start with some research. I reviewed, I think I have seven tabs open. Uh, This might be eight. I have eight tabs open of articles that I read through. 
to prepare for this. I'm not going to tell you where I grabbed everything from, yeah, yeah. but I will provide all of my links at the bottom because, or on our show notes rather, because it is really interesting. I had a really good time reading it. I wasn't just grabbing what I thought would support what I believed, right, right. but I was really reading it. And so I'm going to kind of synthesize some of it for you, but I do want to share 10 reasons childhood friendships are important from the National Scientific Council on the Developing Child at Harvard's Center for the Developing Child. (laughs) Not confusing at all. Uh, One, self-knowledge. Friendships help them become aware of themselves. Um, Confidence. So having friends and making friends and developing friendships provides a sense of confidence. Three, coping, resilience, and stress management. Mm -hmm. I think we can all relate to that in Mm -hmm. our own adult friendships as well. Number four, social skills mastery. So Mm -hmm. friendships are the way of understanding and learning social skills. And so we know as homeschool moms that if we provide opportunities for our kids to make friends, then, you know, they're going to learn those social skills. Mm -hmm. Five, growth and competence. There's a lot of navigating in relationships and friendships in particular with young kids. So there's a lot of that learning to, to become competent at communicating, for instance. Six is motivation. Kids are motivated by their friends to do things or follow suit or mm-hmm. sometimes to not do things. Right. Seven, ethics and values. So again, this is a lot of the self-reflection. So not only do they learn about themselves and their friendships, but they learn how to take their value system and implement it in a friendship and mm-hmm. be able to either set boundaries or find common values or know where they have differences. Yeah, getting to see someone else's mm-hmm. ethics and value systems helps you define your own. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And these were things I didn't really think of. Right, When I totally. first outlined the episode before doing this research, I, am, you know, I had my own version of some of this, and then mm-hmm. I realized, oh, yes, well, that makes more sense. Yeah, you know? totally. Eight is conflict rev- resolution. <laughs> conflict. conflict resolution. <laughs> and we know that's an important one. I don't remember being a kid who fought with friends very often. I certainly had conflict with my sister. We weren't very good friends. But I also witnessed a lot of conflict amongst my friends and Mm -hmm. remember having to help navigate that. Well, I was in sixth grade and I was part of the Mean Girls. And when I realized that, I left it. And then that was really rough because like one of those girls had been my best friend for years. So, So yeah, that's... yeah. But mm-hmm. that's a lot, and those are valuable skills to learn because oh, definitely. how many adults are totally crippled by trying to face conflict? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I struggle with it all the time. Mm-hmm. Nine, school adjustment and achievement. I left this on the list just to be thorough, mm-hmm. but I'm not really sure how that translates for homeschoolers mm-hmm. specifically. But we do know that kids who are accepted by their peers tend to perform better at school mm-hmm. where they spend significant time with those peers. Mm-hmm. So that does seem to be an important thing. I feel like that is one of the things that homeschoolers don't have is they don't have such an attachment to needing acceptance by their peers mm-hmm. and it affecting their psychological well-being. Mm-hmm. There are articles on that and um, maybe I will shove them in the show notes for you, but I didn't go on a tangent here uh, for that at this moment. Yeah. But um, and 10 is health and well-being. Mm. We know that we need to have friends oh, and relationships in life. So, of course, that's what we need for our kids. And then I thought I'd share something interesting that I learned years ago 
I was a part of a MOPS program, and that's Mothers of Preschoolers. And before I found my homeschool friends, these were moms that I was connected with. It's through It was through a church of mine, but it's a huge program nationwide, maybe internationally. Mm. And one of my friends in the group was sharing this as a devotional for the day. And she came up with the friend Baskets. And I love this mm. analogy because it's simple and easy to share with your kids. So she described it as basket one being your very small basket. It's maybe three to four very close, intimate friendships. Those are the people you think of first when things happen in your life and you want to share them, joyful, sad, any of those, or when you want to do something. Who do you see going with you to do something? Usually it's the same rotating people in your brain, you know, that you like, I need to go do this with Mm so-and-so. Um, you know, nowadays we'd call that person your ride or die. Oh yeah. (laughs) I can't imagine saying that about anybody, but you know, it's your besties, Yeah, you know, and you get that. So that's your small basket. Basket two is your medium basket, which can be up to about 10 good friends. These are meaningful relationships, some priority in spending time together, but not as much as your basket one. They lack top priority and intimacy of the basket ones. So these are the people that you probably spend more time in. You might see them weekly at an activity or an Mm -hmm. event, or maybe they are close friends with one of your best friends. And Mm -hmm. so you do interact with them a lot, but they may not be at the top of your list. And it doesn't mean that the friendship is not a great friendship. Mm -hmm. It's just not a basket one because they can't all be basket ones. And maybe the longevity hasn't been there yet, but you clicked right away or something. Yeah. Or you just, you know, that while somebody can be your type of people, Mm -hmm. they aren't your bestie, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, that's okay. Yeah. And then there's your basket three. This is your largest basket. So it's 15 or more for some of us, you know, Mm -hmm. some of us have a lot of basket three friends. These are your casual friends. They have so much fun when you're together, but they may only see each other at regularly planned activities, or maybe they're your, you know, see them at that birthday party for mm. your niece every And you're so year. glad when you see yes. each other and, and yeah. you have so much to talk about. But neither party necessarily mm. reaches out at any other time in between right. that meetup point. But you would call that person a friend, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of... Maybe not your entire list of Facebook friends. You know, <laughs> not all of those even fit into your basket threes. But you think about the people who you would actually go through on your friends list and go, no, they're really my friend. Yeah. But maybe they're not your close, intimate mm-hmm. friend. And so this analogy just really helped me be okay with that because I used to always feel bad that I couldn't be everyone's best friend. I know, I know. Yeah. It is really hard and you feel for people. But this particular woman who shared the basket system was talking about it because she found herself in this situation where she would want somebody to be her basket one friend, but she was their basket two or three. And she had to not feel so heartbroken about it. And so this really helped her with that and said, their basket one is full. They don't have room to put me in it. And that is okay. Yeah. And that would explain why maybe some... And I know we're going to talk about pursuing later, yeah. but but if someone's in your first basket, you might pursue them. Absolutely. But if, if you're not in their first basket, they're not pursuing you. And maybe right. that's why there's an incongruency there, too. Absolutely. And it's not meant to be hurtful. Mm-hmm. You know, this basket system is hopefully a way to provide some distinguishing 
characteristics for friendships, you Mm -hmm. know, and you might love somebody, but they might not be your basket one. And it'd be a fun exercise to do with the kids, right? And get out some baskets. Right. And maybe use stuffies. It. Yeah, your stuffies would be do, really cute. Do your stuffies. Yeah. Who's your basket one stuffy? And then after that, expose the idea right. of friendship. But right now, but they right. won't know that going exactly. in. Exactly, because your basket three stuffies—they're all special and meaningful, yeah. and yeah. you love it. But when do you use it? Yeah, when you need that particular friend for this particular game. Right. You know, like when yeah. you play doggies. You're going to need the doggy, but he's not even in your basket too, because he's not more special than somebody else. And Mm -hmm. we know that this is an economics lesson. We, time is a scarce resource. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't have unlimited time to make friends and spend time with them. And so you do have to prioritize and it's going to come down to that. And so it's important to share that with your kids to know that if they're not someone else's basket one friend, that it's okay. Mm -hmm. And maybe they need to be comfortable letting that person become a basket two for them Mm -hmm. as well. And that's why we tried to put basket one and basket two people Mm -hmm. in our co-op because we wanted to make sure they had priority of our time. Exactly. And we might have some basket three people in there because they are somebody else's basket two or basket one. Exactly. In the group. Absolutely. We don't expect all of the 45 kids we have in our Mm co-op to be all basket one with one another. It's just not possible. Right. You know, I mean, we have far too many age ranges to, for that to even be a thing, but that's, that's the thing. Our kids are probably going to only have one to two of even just the co-op kids being a basket one because this is not their only social group. Mm -hmm. You know, what about cousins? I'm sure cousins fall into categories. Absolutely. Other activities. So I'm going to get into some of what we want to present to you for helping your kids with friends. Mm -hmm. And we're going to start with finding friends. So you have to create the opportunities. And you think about when you first have kids and how lonely that feels sometimes. Or you feel like you're only doing play dates with your best friend at that time. And hopefully she has a kid too, you know, and that's great if she does and your kids can kind of be there and connect but that's not always the case Mm -hmm. so you do have to create opportunities you need a pool of friends so it's easiest to create a pool of potential friends with people that you would like to have your kids be friends with Mm -hmm. so that could be people you have common interests with whether it's social or political enroll your kids in an activity Mm -hmm. if you are going to have them do some type of enrichment or extracurricular consider where consider that setting for having friends. Mm -hmm. I tell my own students that, or their parents, I tell at the studio, I say, you need to consider the whole studio. If Mm -hmm. you want to dance and have your kid dance and they are going to grow up here, consider what the other families are like. Mm -hmm. Is this a good fit for you? Yeah. What are the politics of the studio or some of the general values? Do you share them? Because then you might make friends here that could be lifelong friends. I know my mom purposely didn't put me in certain sports, which I will not name, but certain (laughs) sports because she didn't like how the moms acted in those sports. She had witnessed them as a a teacher and counselor on the sports fields, and she said, nope, that's not the community I want. Right. I remember you shared a story with me about uh, one of the teams you tried out and you were trying to connect with the moms and you're like, oh, they're not my people. Yeah. You know, and so that's the kind of thing is if the moms are not your people, are the kids not going to be the kind of kids that you want your kid to be friends with? Or ultimately, we hope to have relationships with the parents of Mm -hmm. the kids. Because you're parenting together. When you're doing a play date, that parent now is 
especially if you're not there. Right. That parent is now parenting your child for that Absolutely. amount of time, and you have to be comfortable with that. Right. And homeschoolers, I'm just going to say, we're not really the type to not care about that. Right. We, we probably homeschool, many of us, for that reason, mm-hmm. or of One many, of those, yeah. yeah, of many reasons. One is because we want to be able to be aware of who our kids are mm-hmm. around and mm-hmm. who they're socializing with. And so you can enroll them in whatever activity you think is good for them and at a place that is good for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so consider dance or sports or clubs. You know, there's robotics clubs if you have older kids. There's chess club, Mm -hmm. D&D games, whatever. We've talked about these kinds of things. So if you're not sure what to enroll your kids Mm -hmm. in, go see some previous episodes. And like you were saying (laughs) with the studio, is then you get to grow up together. You do. And it's amazing. Yeah, a lot of these things, you have the potential for growing and developing long-time relationships. Mm-hmm. My one of my basket one friends I met when I was 9 years old at my dance mm-hmm. studio. She was 11. We mm-hmm. were 2 years apart, but we were able to have this friendship and because we had this big interest and we spent 3 to 4 days a week together, mm-hmm. we have maintained a lifelong friendship. Yeah, I had three girls that I grew up with through swimming mm-hmm. and we spend every day together. Yeah twice a day right and then all weekends just like when you would have right. you know shows, the size and, shows and stuff yeah. and it was every weekend two weekends a month and then travel right. too and and so you are enmeshed with these families you know Absolutely. every nook and cranny of their home because you've played hide and go seek in them yeah. and then you've talked about boys you know right. sitting in their trees and yeah. and you've all grown up together exactly and that was what we wanted to create for a co-op so mm-hmm. a co-op is another amazing opportunity to create a pool of potential friends for your children mm-hmm. you know we knew the benefits of growing up in an activity that we went to on a regular basis throughout our whole childhood yeah you know i mean i started at three you started swimming at six six yeah and so we had these opportunities to make these friends for years i'm yeah. still in touch with so many of yeah. the girls well, and you're still best friends. Yeah. I'm not really best friends with any of them, right. but they were in my wedding. I'm, I still see one right. or two of you them. You keep up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a really great opportunity. And so when Mandy and I met years ago, and then we both went down the homeschool path and got closer and more connected, we both had the same vision because mm-hmm. we knew what those friendships yeah. meant to us. But we wanted to cultivate it outside of those things that kids typically grow out of. Mm-hmm. So having this co-op is hopefully something that they'll all stick with, even though some do dance and some do swimming and some mm-hmm. do whatever else. Mm-hmm. They have co-op also. Mm-hmm. Get involved in your church, Sunday school, youth groups, mm-hmm. it, We've talked about it in Mom Friends. You're going to have to put yourself out there in order to create potential friends. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to do the same for your kids. Yeah. Homeschool community meetups. So if you're not religious or a part of a community in that way, the homeschool community is always live on Facebook asking for people to meet up in specific areas. Mm-hmm. So get connected. Find out where people are meeting up. Join a field trip. Join something and start seeing who might be your potential people. Yeah, you know, there were so many times there were certain people in my life that act like nobody wants to be their friend or that nobody holds on to them as friend and nobody right. seeks them out. And the question is, are and we talk about this in mom friends. Yeah. Are you seeking out these opportunities? Right. Are you trying to make friends when you're at church? Are right. you looking for at church or at a, a soccer Game. Are you looking for anyone who has siblings around the same age as your kids? Yeah. Are you doing the work? You've got to put in the work. Absolutely. 
Which leads us to mm-hmm. developing friendships. Just as with adult friendships, our children need to invest in in order to truly develop a relationship. Mm-hmm. So I want to share something that I've sort of worked out the language for with Mandy over the last few years, and this is my pursuers versus Mm non-pursuers. You could think of it as initiators versus non-initiators. And I think this gets right to that point that you Mm -hmm. just made, is sometimes people are lonely for friendship and they are not pursuers. So they are not asking people to do things. They are not initiating play dates for themselves or for their kids. Mm -hmm. Maybe their kids aren't even asking for a play date, but yet they want a relationship. And so you have to be aware of these things. And so I realized over the years that I'm not a pursuer. Hmm. I think I'm a pretty good friend Mm -hmm. and I really try to be. I'm a thoughtful person and I'm empathetic and I'm there for my friends. I'm very loyal. I feel like you're on the spectrum. (laughs) I'm on the spectrum of not pursuing. But, but... Thinking of it yeah. like a soundboard, yeah. you know, I don't think you're on the far right of not pursuing. I right. think you still are like, hey, everybody come over to my house for Hocus yeah, Pocus. Yeah, totally. So you, you, you reach out. I can instigate. Right. But I may not be the first, the person who's going to text first. Right. But I will respond. Mm-hmm. I may not do the invitation every time mm-hmm. or even half the time. I mm-hmm. probably don't pull my weight in that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I could come up with a million different reasons or excuses for that, but I think it's just not as much in my nature. But if you're willing to say yes, yes. then it, it's usually enough for a pursuer. And then every once in a while, you just right. have to reach out. Right. You know, you just have to remember, oh, I I need to ask every once in a while. Right. Like put a reminder in your calendar, yes. you know, every four months. Yeah. Invite. But and that's, that's it. I know. And my husband will say, uh, I don't remember what the phrase is, you know, an, an elephant doesn't like to dance, but he sure likes to be asked. Oh, yeah. You know, and so I, I try to remember that and to remember that even though my friends value my friendship and know that I love them, they still do want to be pursued. You right, know, we right. all yeah, do. We all do, yeah. I know my husband loves me, but I still would like to be asked out once in a while, you right. know, and so he knows that and does that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not a, I'm not good at that. Yeah. It's not my strength and skill. While I have different strengths, this is not one of them. And what's nice is if a person can know that about themselves, there's also people who are over-pursuers and don't stop. And then... Right. then that can be someone that gets pushed away because, ah, oh, it's too much, too yeah. much commitment and stuff like that. So it helps if you just know that about yourself and you tell somebody like, oh, I tend to over-pursue or I tend to right. not pursue. Just know right. that about me. And then people can make up yeah. for it. And I didn't know that before we became friends and we would be navigating all these things and we would talk about it. And I would say, you know what's interesting is, you know, when you feel not pursued by somebody and you stop pursuing a friendship because it doesn't feel reciprocal, Yeah, you know, it made me think, oh my goodness, I wonder how many people have stopped trying to be my friend because I didn't oh, yeah. reciprocate. Yeah. And some of it may be because we had different baskets. Mm-hmm. You know, we were in different baskets right. for one another. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that was going to be a natural evolution of this mm-hmm. relationship. And then other times I realize it you know and so now that I've said that I know you you remember that and you know that about me and you you know but I think those are kids don't so when you go back to the kids yeah there's some kids who are asking all the time and then I know one of my daughters she asked to play with certain people all the time and I'm like why don't you just try and wait to see if they ask you and she said 
I don't need to do that. I don't need to feel that they have to ask me. If they want to and they say yes, I'm fine with that. I'm happy that they would even say yes. And so I was like, oh, well, that's cool. Right. You know? Exactly. And so you just have to know that people feel things differently. And we could go on a long tangent about love languages, Mm -hmm. but we'll let you do your own research on that. Um, We may talk homeschooling personalities one day. Oh, yeah. But... um, we didn't feel like it fit into this specifically mm-hmm. because that's different. And I don't think it's a perfect system either. Mm-hmm. I think just like pursuers, non-pursuers, yeah. it's all a it's, spectrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Anyway, I would just <laughs> say, don't be turned off by the non-pursuers. You yeah. know, you yeah. remind your kids, just because this person didn't ask for a play date doesn't mean that they wouldn't love one with right. you. You know, yeah. just because they don't come up and ask you to play doesn't mean that they wouldn't love to play with you. And you know what? Those people might not have takes initiative on their resume someday, but they might they might be consistently always on time. And, right. you know, they'll have a other, great organizer. Right. They'll have other things. They just yeah. won't have takes initiative. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Find play dates that work for you. If you don't want your kid going to somebody else's house, then don't suggest that. Right. If houses, I mean, I feel like we don't really, our group of friends doesn't do a ton of house play dates. Well, no, because you have to clean. You have to clean your house. Because we live in them a lot longer than uh, the kids who go to public school. We're in there all day. Right. But go to where your kids might have a common interest Mm -hmm. as well. Help them find different ways of hanging out. Sometimes being in one person's home Mm -hmm. is very one-sided and can Mm -hmm. be a challenge to finding commonality. And then the toys get messed up. They have to now clean the room. There's all that. Yeah, and it involves more than just being able to get along together. It involves very personal things. Yeah, it gets more complex. Yeah. And then things get broken, and then now they're mad at their friend who was just trying to play. Yeah. Yeah. There's trampoline parks. Mm Mm-hmm. Go to those trampoline parks or parkour gyms or wherever, you know, mm-hmm. let them go and have some really fun physical activity together. Yeah. You can really see who has similar dispositions and natures, you know, is one super outgoing and mm-hmm. adventurous, is the other more cautious, or are they both on the same level? You know, it's very it's interesting fun. to see. Um, go to the beach, playgrounds, parks. Go grab some hot cocoa, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what stage of well, we development just went and your grabbed, kids are at. We just went and grabbed gelato together. Yeah. yeah. And they had an hour to talk, right. and we had an hour to talk, and it they was They had something great. different planned, and we couldn't make it work, and so we, we pivoted, and yeah. it was a lovely little date for them, mm-hmm. you know, and so don't discount those lovely little moments. Libraries homes you know like you can do play dates at mm-hmm. homes but I feel like those need different kinds of parameters those mm-hmm. are more intimate for mm-hmm. sure especially if the mom is coming into your home as well which I want I don't I don't haven't done that many drop-off play dates with mm-hmm. somebody I'm developing a relationship with so right. you know with your kids now after years right they get dropped off for a play date once in a while Maybe. but even not that often because yeah. we want to hang out I know <laughs> so you have to Put energy into developing a friendship. And I'm going to provide some tools at the end to talk more specifically about ways you can support friendships. Mm -hmm. But this was more about how you can take an acquaintance that your kid really likes somewhere and just pursue it. Mm -hmm. So call that person. Set up a play date. If your co-op only meets once a month like ours, you're probably not allowing enough time for your kid to make a true friendship. Mm -hmm. So we often advise those moms to... Make play dates. Yeah. If your kid likes another kid, you're going to have to put some energy into mm-hmm. it because the co-op is not going to meet more often yeah. to fulfill that need. You know, we don't want that on our calendar because we feel overwhelmed by that and it takes the joy out of what it's for. 
And you think of how long it takes for people who have social and emotional intelligence to connect. Now look at children who don't have social intelligence or emotional intelligence. Right. It's going to take them so much longer sometimes to connect. Right. And then collapse over. And they need that. Yeah. And they need that time. Right. Absolutely. We're going to move on to continuing friendships as kids grow. Developmental sequence in friendships, according to psychologist Robert Selman. I found this very fascinating, mm-hmm. and I had kind of put in my own version of this before I found this, and then I thought this was just brilliant, and it was tons of revelations. We had a long offline conversation about it mm-hmm. so that we aren't sharing, oversharing right. Yeah. right now. So I'm going to start with level zero, momentary playmates, the I want it my way, in Mm -hmm. air quotes, Mm -hmm. for ages three through six. They have limited ability to see other perspectives. Their friendships are of convenience and fun. Mm -hmm. So who can I play with right now? You know, are they doing something I'm enjoying right now? Then great. Level one, one way assistance. The what's in it for me? Ages five to nine. Mm -hmm. I was kind of fascinated. That was a wide age range. Mm -hmm. They still think in very pragmatic terms, define friends as someone who is nice to them, someone who shares with them, someone who, you know, spent time with them. Mm -hmm. They don't think a lot about what they contribute to the friendship. They care a lot about friendship and may put up with unkind behavior just to have a friend. Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely one for parents to know and be aware of to help walk them through, which we'll get into navigating relationships in a moment bargaining how often have we heard this one before (laughs) i will or will not be your friend if Mm -hmm. and fill in the blank i think all kids have said that in one form or other or i'm not going to play with you if Mm -hmm. you know and it's hard because even we use that as a way of helping our kids through things sometimes yeah if the person's being a terrible person yeah right I'm, I'm not going to play with you if you're going to be super selfish and never right. give me a turn. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to play with you either. No, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Level two, friends. This is a two-way fair weather cooperation. The by the rules group, ages 7 to 12. These are getting even wider. Mm-hmm. So that's a big crossover, too. The previous was age 5 to 9, and now we're going 7 to 12. So this is very important for us to consider, too, is that you might have a 7-year-old or two 7-year-olds trying to be friends, and one is in a level 1 developmental stage, mm-hmm. and the other is in a level 2. And so there may be conflicts or difficulties in these friendships yeah. because they're in very different stages mm-hmm. of friendships. So interesting. It is. So this group, the level two group, can consider a friend's perspective as well as their own, but not at the same time. So if there's a conflict and they feel very upset about something, they're not going to have the ability to feel their feelings and think about somebody else's. Mm -hmm. However, disconnected from the event or the moment, you might be able to share with them what may like have, later, like, yeah. how do you think this person felt? And then they're like, oh, yeah, they probably felt this way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they tend to be very concerned with fairness and reciprocity. You know, if I do this for you, I'm going to expect that this friend does it for me. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I feel like some adults are still stuck in this stage. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, they tend to be judgmental of themselves and of others. There's a lot of comparison. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pointing out, 
you know, differences. And so there's just a lot of noticing and observation with where people are at or what they're doing Mm -hmm. and judgment. Yeah. So that's something to remember to walk our kids through for sure. Uh, This group, this level tends to be jealous of friends. You know, they, they don't handle someone spending time elsewhere very Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Um, This group tends to be the group that invents secret clubs with lots of rules for inclusion or exclusion, and it's completely arbitrary. Mm-hmm. You know, they might have a girls-only club, mm-hmm. you know, and that seems more accepted and things that happen, but that's... We've experienced yeah. all different oh, types gosh, we have, for sure. of, uh, of um, determination or, yeah. you know, delineation. Absolutely. Level three. Intimate, mutually shared relationships. The caring and sharing group. This is ages 8 to 15. Crazy. So you can have teenagers in this level 3. And this is not a negative thing to be in the level 3. But just thinking about all the conflicts that teenagers, especially young teenagers or preteens or middle schoolers are all Mm. navigating. It might be because of these crazy stages. Well, if a 9-year-old can be in level one and a nine-year-old could be in level two and a nine-year-old could be in level three right. if you put a one level one and a level level three together right absolutely there's gonna be some hurt feelings absolutely so the caring and sharing group the level threes they tend to help each other solve problems they confide thoughts and feelings with one another they know how to compromise this can also be seen as the joined at the hip stage, primarily for girls, Hmm. not as much for boys. Mm -hmm. You know, they might have, they might be perfectly capable of level three relationships, but they're not going to be, you know, linked arms walking to the lunch tables all the time. They're going to the bathroom with me. Exactly. They're going to be a little (laughs) more casual about it. Um, These friends can feel deeply betrayed when a friend spends time with another kid. And so there can still be some of that conflict here, Mm -hmm. like the level twos. Mm -hmm. So it is important to be empathetic of one another and to be communicative and honest about, you know, what's happening. You know, to say, I have this other friend. I have three friends in my basket and you get to be one of them, but you have to understand I have two Mm -hmm. others in my basket. They're not the only one. But you get to stay in my basket. Doesn't mean when I spend time with these other two... That now you're ousted out of my level one basket. You're still my basket one. Yeah. Yeah. The level four is the mature friendship. The friends through thick and thin, the ages 12 and up. So this, you know, is more close to what we would describe as the basket one because it's Mm -hmm. a mature friendship. So the basket system is more designed to explain Mm -hmm. mature friendships. However, you know, you can see those throughout the levels as well. This level places high value on emotional closeness with friends. They're not as possessive and therefore less likely to feel threatened if their friends have other relationships. And Mm -hmm. remember, this is 12 and up. Level three was eight to 15. So you may still have a very wide range of levels Mm -hmm. within the 12 and up group. And so you might have one friend who's jealous of your time with someone else and one who's not. Mm -hmm. And you might be 15. It's crazy. And then emphasize trust and support and remaining close over time uh, despite separations. So this is a group that tends to stay close to one another and keep that friendship over time. Mm -hmm. Even if they are at different colleges Mm -hmm. or different high schools. Exactly. 
Now we get to move into navigating conflicts. This is not the most fun category, but it is important to know. And as homeschool moms, again, I think that one of the biggest reasons that we choose to homeschool is to be aware of what our kids are experiencing rather than just hoping that they come home and tell us about it. Mm -hmm. And then being available to navigate them through it. Mm -hmm. In our experience with our kids and conflict, even between our two kids, our, mm -hmm. our daughters, we have learned that it's so important to teach them to come to us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the conflict is something that we could help them get through really easily. Mm -hmm. We can point out the problem and help them come to a, an easy resolution. Mm -hmm. But maybe they're stuck in that level two where they're concerned with fairness and reciprocity. Mm -hmm. And so they're upset about something that really isn't a friendship, doesn't need to be a friendship issue. Mm -hmm. And so we would be able to navigate that for them if only they come to us. But being more aware and closer to who they're around, we usually can see it or hear about it sooner. And that's why I, I, I never like it when people talk about tattletales. Yeah. Sometimes kids have no idea what is tattling and what isn't tattling. So if we yeah. stop label, labeling kids as tattletales or making it negative that they come to get an adult's help, then our kids will come to us more. Yeah, absolutely. Most conflicts arise when kids are young because they are learning how to be a friend. Mm -hmm. They're learning how to be kind and inclusive. They're learning how to recognize unkind behavior and how to navigate through it themselves. Mm -hmm. And so this is where they need that support. You know, we, we don't want to just have them go through all of it alone. While we do know that they have to work some things out, they still need to understand what is and isn't okay. Mm -hmm. We don't want that child who's in the level one who cares so much about having a friend that they might put up with unkind behavior. Yeah. I we mean, don't want that to be a continuing pattern that could, you know, you think of all of the adult relationships mm -hmm. that we have seen over the years where there's somebody in an abusive relationship because they've just wanted to be accepted so bad that they put up with terrible treatment. Yeah. And going back to that too, and the coming to us and us helping mm -hmm. them, and helping them navigate. Think of marriages that are having a hard time. Are they the ones who try and navigate with absolutely no counsel, whether it's formal or not, or ther therapy or not? Right. If they get counsel and good counsel, that helps. Right. So why would we now just have our kids not have any guidance or any counsel? Right. They need it. It's it's not about just doing it on your own. We no. wouldn't suggest that for adults. No, exactly. Exactly. And it's important to be able to recognize that when there is a conflict or there might be unkind behavior, that all the kids have to learn what is and isn't okay. Mm -hmm. And they're all at different stages of it. Yeah. And they all are different in how they want to try things out. There are some kids who are much higher in empathy who might not ever want to try being unkind to somebody to see what they might get out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, remember that the level one friendship for ages five to nine, the, the little quote term or phrase for it is what's in it for me. 
Mm-hmm. These kids tend to be really into their friendships because of what they can get out of it. Mm-hmm. So if they want to be the ringleader, they're going to push for that. Mm-hmm. And they're going to see who's going to do that. It's a very normal social interaction. Mm-hmm. But as parents, we can help navigate that conflict. Wanting that doesn't mean that they are able to do it through these means. Mm-hmm. But if they don't know that, they can't fix it. And yeah, and knowing that there's a stage and that there's stages following, yes. we get to help our kids work through things so that they can move to the next stage exactly. as they get older and their brain matures. We don't want them to be stuck right in that earlier right. stage. And something we've actually included in our co-op handbook is trying to help with those relationships. We ask the parents to be able to communicate to one another maturely without blaming other kids for being kids mm-hmm. because they do need to learn. This is the community that they're learning these things in. And mm-hmm. hopefully not at the sake of hurting or bullying other children. That's not acceptable in right. the group. But some kids need that navigation from their parents and the parents aren't aware of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we can be providing as the community. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you didn't know that your kid was saying something to mine because yours never brought it up. Right. I You can't help her with that. Right. You don't want her saying these negative things right. to my kid. And this is not a true thing. It's an example. But you don't want her doing that. Mm-hmm. But if I don't share that with you in love and trust, mm-hmm. then you can't help her with it. Right. Instead, if I start ghosting and pulling away, it hurts that child who has no idea that what they did was not okay. Right. Or maybe they did know, but didn't know how to do it differently. Right. They need the tools to do it differently. Yeah. And so I think it is our job as parents, especially when you're in community with people, to be able to share that with one another Mm -hmm. and love and trust them enough to not get upset at you. And I tend to, well, it depends who it is, but I know I tend to jump on it more quickly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I wish I would have just waited and observed a little bit longer (laughs) to see, oh, my kid played a role too. Yes. But, and then sometimes you can wait too long and then you're like, oh no, we're in a pickle. Absolutely. So it's, it's really hard to gauge. And I think that's just something we learn as we get older. And we, I think seeking help from friends outside the situation who can look at it more objectively, isn't gossip. No. It's asking for help on when do I say something and when do I just let it go? It's getting help from someone who has no emotional attachment to that situation. Right, because you hurt for your own child. Mm -hmm. So if your child was the one who was hurt in the scenario, you know, you feel really upset about that. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it's important to give grace to the parent and the child of the other party mm-hmm. and be able to to say, okay, well, maybe they're just not aware that this is happening. Right. And if I share that with them, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And then ultimately, it's the same lesson that we want to teach our kids. They are not in control of someone else's actions and behaviors. And that's going to happen to all of us at some point mm-hmm. is we're going to say something or put something out there that's going to be met in a way that is not a typical reaction mm-hmm. and that it's not necessarily our fault. Yeah. And we also don't have to tolerate it. Right. So if this parent is going to be upset at this interaction and this open and honest conversation, then now, you know, okay, yeah. well maybe this is not a friendship I would like to invest in right. anymore. Right. And so far I've only been met with, Oh my goodness. I'm so Absolutely. sorry. 
I'm going to find out more of what happened and I'll, I'll talk right. with him about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Um, this leads me to a, a very common label that we throw around and sometimes we do it a little bit too um, freely, Imp yeah. impulsively, mm -hmm. is we label girls as mean girls. But that is a huge and terrible label That's for a true. kid. Yeah. And it, us adults might throw it around because we know what we mean and we also know that it's not reached the true level of mean girl status mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. middle school and high school exhibit. However, I don't want to raise a mean girl and I want to be aware of when my child isn't showing kindness mm -hmm. and inclusion but I also don't want my kid to be responsible for the happiness of everyone else that's true especially when other kids might need their own navigating mm -hmm. such as in how to participate so my child is not responsible for a child who doesn't know how to participate in a group mm -hmm. I do that's want true. to teach her to invite to include, to be kind, but she does not need to go and hold someone's hand for the entire time if they are unwilling to come and participate. Right, that's true. If that child doesn't know how to ask to join in, that is also not my child's fault. That's true. It's not her being a mean girl. I can use the opportunity to teach her at least invite them one time. Mm -hmm. Ask them if they'd like to come. Well, and that's what I remember... And I, maybe you did the same thing, but mm -hmm. for their Enrichment Academy drop-off. And our girls are literally in first and... Yeah, they're sixth. Yeah. It's kindergarten, first grade. And I would say, look for someone by themselves yes. and make the effort to invite them to be part right. of it. And then you're done. Right. But let's practice that. Let's yes. practice, build up that courage because it takes courage to do that. Absolutely. Not just kindness, but courage. Right. And, and then if they say no, thank you, fine. Right. But if they say later... Fine. If they say right. sure, fine. Whatever yeah. the answer is, it's did you make an effort to be kind and do what is right? Perfect. And then yeah. move on. And then sometimes that other party needs to also learn how to compromise. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of conflict when they're in those level one stages, zero and one, where they don't know how to compromise. And so then they're going to feel excluded from something mm -hmm. because they're unwilling to do what the group is doing. Mm -hmm. And that's not the fault of the kids who are just trying to play and someone else is not wanting to fit in. And, you know, there's nuance to all of that that totally. we don't need to go right. into. But at the same time, you know, we want to make sure that we're teaching kids how to have healthy relationships yeah, and how to be okay with things that happen. You know, we can't have our kid be the victim all the time. Right. We need to know where they need their own help in navigating things, you mm -hmm. know, so... That's my navigating conflict. That's really good. Now we move on to the hardest one, letting go of a friend. Oh. And this one can be really hard. As kids change, many friendships change as well. Not all friendships will last throughout a childhood, and it's important to know how and when to let go of friends as hard as it may be. Mm -hmm. Friendships may shift and change due to changes in beliefs or values, Shifts in priorities, if you are focused on your dance career and your academics, there may not be time for friends outside of those things. Mm -hmm. When you leave an activity or an extracurricular, those friends may not be able to keep seeing you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the flip side of that. Mm -hmm. The negative changes, there could be destructive habits or interests that crop up in, a, in someone's life mm -hmm. or manipulative, malicious, abusive behavior that starts surfacing and 
can completely alter our friendship. Yeah. It's important to be aware that basket shifts are totally common and natural. It's one thing for a friendship to just naturally drift and you go from someone having been a basket one and then over the course of a few years, they've become a basket two and then by the time you're adults, maybe even a basket three. Yeah. And it doesn't take away from the time that you had as a basket one with that friend. Mm -hmm. It just means that you no longer share that same place. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more devastating to let go of a friend if it's not a mutual shift. And to watch a friend shift out. And I've done that. I've taken someone out of my basket one and not put her in any basket. Right. And, I mean, of course, I communicated that. Right. And that's what I was going to say is that when you have to let go, I think that there is a course of action. I think that some of the natural shifts, it doesn't always require a conversation. Mm -hmm. But I do want it to be something that my child is aware of. And it's Mm -hmm. something I've already discussed with her as a Mm 10-year-old because... Her relationship with friend A in basket one is very different than her relationship with friend B in basket one. Mm -hmm. And both relationships are super special. Both of them are important to her. Mm -hmm. But at some point, one of those friends may become a basket two. And that doesn't mean that you love her that much less. It just means that your priorities have shifted, and yeah. it's probably a time issue, most yeah. common. Or interests have shifted, yeah. you know, and Roller Girl, for example, yeah. that happens. The, right. the main character doesn't do dance, and the other and her bestie does, and she goes to roller derby camp, and her bestie goes to dance, dance camps. camp, yeah. and they're forming new communities and new right. friendships, and, and that's what the book is about. Right. And that's a big thing. And so it's important for your kids to aware that there's some natural shifting. And Mm -hmm. if you don't want it to happen and your friend feels the same way, then your priorities have to change Mm -hmm. and have to be... You have to make more of an effort. Yes, absolutely. More of an investment. So go back to that developing relationships. What do they need to do to invest in that basket one friendship? Yeah. You know, or are both parties okay to be a basket two or three? Mm Mm-hmm. So there's some mutualness to some of these shifts over time. And then there's the hard ones. When a friendship has become toxic or perhaps one party recognizes a shift and an actual end of friendship may be necessary. Mm -hmm. I think the mature thing is to walk our children through the end of a friendship and give them the skills to go through that Mm -hmm. and to communicate it and to have conversation Help them find language to express their feelings. Help them use direct but kind words to explain what's happening. Mm -hmm. Help them to be clear and not vague. Yeah. Don't ghost or avoid old friends. It often causes more pain and trouble in the Mm -hmm. long run. Mm -hmm. Remind them that the friend's negative reaction is not in their control and is not their fault. Mm -hmm. These hard conversations are hard not just because of having the courage to say something hard, but because of what the reaction might be. Mm -hmm. And it's very important that your kids learn from an early age that they are in control of other people's reactions, positive or negative. Right, yeah. And so it's very important for them to go through that and so that they can go through something hard and then know when they need to step back Mm -hmm. and say, okay, I did the hard thing I needed to do. The rest is not on me. Yeah. You know, and then when there is a negative reaction or if there is, that seems dangerous or hurtful towards your child, help them understand what is an unacceptable behavior. 
you know, bullying or threatening text messages, unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And help them navigate that. Step in if you need to step in. Or that is an appropriate time to delete someone's phone number or block them. You don't do it before you've had the hard conversation right, and just yeah. disappear. That's not the kind way to treat that. Mm-hmm. But if there's unacceptable reactions and behaviors, it needs to be reported to adults. Yeah, and, and as Christians, for us, we, yeah. we would look at the fact that God has allowed these people in our lives, yeah. has, have placed them in our lives for yeah. a reason. And sometimes it's for a stage of life and sometimes it's for your whole life. But if there's a break that needs to be made and you're both Christians, that's something too. Yeah. You you have the Lord with you during yeah, this. And absolutely. so you can turn to that and include him in this process, which I have failed to do, which, you know, is a bummer, but now I, I can see the difference yes. of, of how it could have been different. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I think that's really important. Oh, and what I want to say, everything you're describing about yes. letting go, that is a, a future romantic relationship mm-hmm. breakup. Absolutely. And so if they need end up needing to practice this with a platonic friend, it's 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 painful, but it is preparing them for right. what's likely going to happen in their future. Right. I don't want my kids staying in a relationship that's not good for them because they're afraid to do something hard yeah. or to hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. Sometimes hurting them is just an inevitability of what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. It's not a malicious act. Mm-hmm. Breaking up with somebody, whether it's a friend or a romantic relationship, isn't a malicious act in and of itself. Right. If you are doing it respectfully and with mm-hmm. kindness towards that person, that's all you can do. Yeah. yeah. And I want them to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to hear my kid, you know, just ghosting somebody and not oh, following no. up on a relationship. Yeah. That yeah. is not okay. That's exactly. not what I want to raise. And so it's important to start that now mm-hmm. and to share with them. And so how can parents support their children's friendships. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of the, the final summary here. Provide the opportunities to find friends. Help them develop friendships by investing. Help find similar interests. When kids aren't connecting, but they really like someone, help them with that. Mm-hmm. Help them figure out what they share, their commonalities. Mm-hmm. Listen to your kids. Make sure that you're asking about their friends. Who did you hang out with mm-hmm. at co-op today? You know, what did you enjoy about that person? I saw you talking with them. How did that go? Mm -hmm. Ask about it. Give them the opportunity to share with you and really listen. Model friendships. Mm -hmm. Model all of these things we just discussed. Model pursuing a friendship. Model saying yes and following through Mm -hmm. even when it might be hard. Model navigating through a hard time. You know, my kids have, have... heard me have to talk about it because I wanted them to go through it. Maybe yeah. not the personal details or mm-hmm. the the details, but having to say, okay, telling my husband, I've got to go say this hard thing to somebody, mm-hmm. but I know that I have to do it. Yeah. And I think it's important for them to see that process because they're going to go through that with their own spouse. Yeah. They're going to go through that um, with their own friends. And so if they've never seen us have a hard time, when you and I have a hard time, yeah. I'm totally okay with my kids witnessing it because it's like, we're still best friends. Right. Like we, because 
our our joy and the love we have together right. way, you know, way outbalances some debate we might right. be having. Some conflict we yeah. have, mm-hmm. you know, and we know that we're going to get in them. We know, we understand our personalities more yeah. so than maybe other I people know. do, <laughs> you know, but that doesn't mean that we don't accidentally get into a conflict, you know, and... What's important is we are able to navigate them and model this type of friendship to our kids, Mm -hmm. including with my daughter, modeling the friendships. Mm -hmm. I've been able to show her over the years, like, this person used to be my basket one, number one friend, Mm -hmm. but because she moved away at this age and then this Mm -hmm. happened, or... You know, I had a baby first. You mm-hmm. know, this was my bestie, but Aww. then I had a baby and then this thing happened and mm-hmm. we weren't at the same place in life, mm-hmm. you know, or you and I, you know, we aren't the same age. We wouldn't have been best friends 20 years ago. Right. We were in completely different stages that in our life. That would have been inappropriate. Right. And it would have been weird for a 20-year-old to be best friends with a 12-year-old. Right. <laughs> well, I wish I was 12, 20 years ago. <laughs> but, um, but, no, exactly. But we are friends now because we are going through something similar in life. And her being aware of that and knowing that things shift beyond your control is important. Yeah. So modeling this throughout our lives is super important. Uh, one of the articles I had read and share in our show notes suggests creating a friendly atmosphere at home between siblings, spouses, and the child-parent relationship. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly putting one another down, mm-hmm. why would they think that's an inappropriate thing that's to do true. in front of their friends? Yeah, You know, this is a relationship, or their family relationship is a relationship. Friendships are the same. Mm-hmm. How would they know to be kind? They are not practicing it at home. How would they know to pursue someone if no one's right. pursuing, if the spouses aren't pursuing each other exactly point out the feelings of others I've shared this before and Mandy and I talk about this a lot the empathy scale Mm. and it's something I don't I'm not taking full credit for it but it's something that I really started to talk a lot about and kind of really work out in my head that it's like a sound mixer and Mm -hmm. we talked about this on the pursuer scale but it's the empathy scale And it's not you have empathy or you don't, Mm -hmm. but maybe your ability to empathize is rather low. Mm -hmm. And so being able to point out how somebody is feeling to your child may really help them work that skill Mm -hmm. and at least have the ability to observe it. They might not know it in the moment or be able to recognize it on the fly, Mm -hmm. but they might be able to go back and sit down and think about it. A situation and reflect on what somebody else may have been feeling. Yeah. But you have to practice it. Yeah. So point out the feelings of others. Have your kids walk through that scenario. Mm -hmm. If it was flipped and reversed, what would they feel? I know my... And sometimes they're not honest honest when they respond, but it's still... I have to believe that it still hit them and it might... Right manifest differently next time. Totally. And the lower empathy kids are going to say, well, that wouldn't have hurt my feelings. Right. And it might be true. Yeah, that's true. You know, something that hurts my feelings might not hurt your feelings. Right. Yeah. And that's okay. We're all different. But that's the point is that your kids don't know that somebody else might be hurt by something. And so Mm -hmm. it's important to point out their feelings and not say, well, it doesn't, you can't discount it just because you wouldn't be upset by that. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they're not it's allowed like to It's like American feel it. Idol, Paulo Abdul, and Simon Cowell. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> He's they, like, I am being kind. I'm telling them they have no career in this. They're terrible. I'm trying to save them from wasting their time. And yeah. Paulo's like, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> you know? And I get it. That's me. I'm Paula in this situation. And I'm, you know? I love Simon. I'm like, oh, he's the best one. Because he's being honest. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> 
Um, ask about acts of kindness given and received. And mm. we have a, a good tool for this or a resource for this in uh-huh. a moment. But ask about that. I loved this suggestion was don't just ask them how it went or who did you hang out with, but ask them, did you notice any acts of kindness at the co-op yeah, today? It's almost like catching someone right. doing something exactly. kind. Exactly. Did you observe that that kid helped the other one or did someone help you today? Yeah. You know, you isn't know that so sweet? I would love to kind of interject that in our co-op I know. meetups and just, yeah. just somehow come up with like, I just caught you being kind. Right. You know, and even, and then if the other kids around heard that, then it's yeah. like, wait, what? Hang on. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I usually try to compliment that. Like, oh, that was so kind oh, to treat that thing. Yeah, you know, right. and yeah. I try to compliment it. You know, yeah. that way they that child who did that knows that that was a, a really thing. sweet thing. Yeah. And then the other child might recognize it as a, a kind gesture, an yeah. act of kindness, not just like, oh, good, I got what I wanted. Right. Because they don't know if you don't point it yeah. out. Yeah. You know, um. And then the last one for supporting our kids' friendships is get help. If a child is really struggling with a social skill or many of them or with interactions with peers, Mm -hmm. sometimes it goes beyond what we're capable of helping them navigate. And it may not hurt to ask a counselor or other trusted professional Mm -hmm. for some guidance. And even if a book is recommended, let's say your your child is Mm -hmm. older because I read some reviews on a book. Yes. That was meant for older girls, and they said, "Oh my goodness, I wish I would have read it first, and then just shared what I thought was helpful about it." But I right. let my child go through this, and I I didn't like some of the tools, right? And yeah. and it so didn't just, fit our value system, right? And so be careful still, though, if you go to a counselor, if they recommend yes. a book list, mm-hmm. read them first, and and then you really truly can have a. Right a book discussion with yep. your child and yeah it could be pretty awesome absolutely and counselors i typically know good books to recommend yeah, yeah. absolutely and so we want to conclude this by sharing yeah. some of our favorite picture book resources so we're going to share a few and just give a quick little description okay this one is what does it mean to be kind by rana de oreo a beautiful book with a beautiful message by the person and, and that was um R.J. Palacio, who wrote Wonder. And this book explains first what kindness is not. Ooh. And then what kindness is. That's awesome. So I really liked that. And it gives really good examples. That's awesome. I'm sharing Chester's Way, which is a favorite in our house. It's about two best friends who love doing all the exact same things. You know, they have their way. And then Lily moves into town. Oh, and she's the opposite. But she's pursuing them. She wants to be their friends. And at oh, first, yeah, they I can't even. One. It is so cute. <laughs> I forgot And at first, one. they can't even. No. They're like, no, she's too different. I can't. Yeah. And then eventually. She's really they, creative, she right? She is. Yeah. And they yeah. learn to compromise. And then it became the three of them. Inseparable. Yeah, it's so and it's so sweet. And then Victor moves into the neighborhood. Oh. The nerve. So when I was talking about this with my son today, because I was going to bring it over, he was like, and then Victor moved in. So he even can quote it himself. Oh, that's so funny. Yes. And so this is just a really sweet one to talk about how to compromise and how friendships might shift. And don't be afraid of of somebody new joining you. It doesn't take away from their two friendships. It is. Mm -hmm. And so this is a great example to remind your kids, like, don't forget, Mm -hmm. you might like Lily. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. So my next one is, have you filled a bucket today by yes. Carol McLeod? I don't have it in my hands because I packed it away. Okay. Pull, pull out another time. <laughs> right. But we used this with our co-op previously, and it was awesome. We used, you know, yeah. beach buckets, and and it's about filling each other's buckets with acts of kindness and helping and words of encouragement and listening and, yeah. and all sorts of things. So this is the tool I mentioned was coming. I think this is an excellent one for the acts of kindness. What did you witness today? But having them be really familiar with this book would be really helpful because mm-hmm. then it means something to yeah. them. They know what you're talking about. Yeah. Did you fill their bucket before you took stuff out of it? You know, it's like the relationship bank account. It yes, is, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then um, I liked this one. This one we used, or I got mm-hmm. for our donut road trip. And yeah, it's the jelly donut difference. And that'd be a great thing to pair mm-hmm. with a donut road trip. I highly or just recommend serve donuts. Yes, exactly. Go get donuts and read through. Yeah. Make jelly donuts. They make yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So this is more towards sibling relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a really good one, and it's sharing kindness with the world. And mm-hmm. so it's just a really sweet book about being kind and not being so focused on what things do for you all mm-hmm. the time. And it was with a neighbor, right? Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It involves a sweet little neighbor. It does. Okay. okay. Uh, the last one I'm going to recommend is the Usborn book, All About Friends. And this is actually part of a series that's like, it has all about feelings and things like this. But this one's all about friends. It's a great reference book where each page is a different aspect about yeah. friendship. You know, solving conflict is yeah. a page. and I love it. We were looking at it just before we started filming and it's it's really fantastic. And so if you're already an Usborn fan, this is a must have. Right. And it's, it's just simple and, and cute art. It's very relatable. So if you've got a level zero and level one friend or child, you know, this is a great one to talk about conflict resolution, to talk about, I love this one. Remember that if anyone is mean to you all the time, often hurts your feelings, does unkind things on purpose, says mean things about you to the other children, that person is not your friend. And you need to tell a grown-up, such as a teacher, parent, or caregiver. So it gives really practical things. And Mm -hmm. so it also opens up the opportunity for you to talk to your kid who may have experienced one of those things. And to go through what may have been a one-time thing. Or to do what we were saying is remind your kids to come to you when they're having conflict all the time. Mm -hmm. So that we can tell that, help you. Mm -hmm. This one is how not to be friends. Right. And so gives examples of that, which... You'd be like, oh, can you imagine? Right. But kids do this all the time. Right. Don't talk over your friends. Don't interrupt. You know, you, you're a silly poo head. Right. You know, don't call your friends names. Yep, that's my son. Yeah. Oh. Because <laughs> it's hilarious. You know, and I have to say, okay, but let's not call people. Then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then finally, the Shel Silverstein, mm-hmm. The Giving Tree. It's a total classic. Mm-hmm. And this is about a friendship between a little boy over time with the giving tree, this apple tree. And she gives him everything and he doesn't give anything in return. And then at the end of his life, he realizes his life wasn't as great as he had hoped. Mm-hmm. But there his tree was. Still his providing. friend still, still providing. providing. Yeah. That's and my... I let my kids treat that as a coloring book. Yeah. So it's so really cool because it's all black and white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now it's time for our Coop Q&A where we answer your questions. Today's question is, the kids next door ask to come and play constantly. The kids are disrespectful and rude. The parents are never around. I don't want my kids to hang out with them, but I don't know what to do. <laughs> That's a tough one. I know. I think about... 
how grateful I am that we don't have to deal with that. I like know. the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, like it seems so foreign. Well, you're in a real neighborhood. I kind of am. I mean. You're in a small neighborhood. But yeah. It's not I, the type No that, one could yeah. ever come to our door and ask to play right. where I live. So. It's not the type. I don't live in the type of neighborhood where all the kids are outside. You yeah, know, and so there's true. not really like a neighborhood of kids. Mm-hmm. So we, where your kid would feel left out all the time seeing these right. kids play. So it's hard to relate to. But I think that within this episode, we gave a lot of helpful resources for this. And I think this is when you have to model <laughs> model the behavior of approaching a um, conflict mm-hmm. or a potential conflict. And you're going to have to go and talk to the parents. Yeah. If the parents don't know that their kids are behaving that way or they're unwelcome, yeah. then they need to be told and so if this is a problem, fix it. Yeah. And then um, offer to do it. If you really want to get to know your neighbors, offer right. to have them over for dinner. Right. See how they parent. Right. And then you know, like, oh, yeah, that that is inappropriate. But if you see that they're not really parenting their children, right. then you're like, that's definitely not a family I can have in I our house. I can't invest yeah. in them. Right. Because I don't really want other people's kids in my house if I don't know they're them very well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. who knows what they do to your house and what they totally. break and, and so I what agree. they hurt. Yeah. Set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. But there's ways to do it to potentially invest in someone that could be a friend. I yeah. mean, it would be great to be friends with your neighbors. If yeah. they don't homeschool and don't share a lot of your values and interests, yeah, I can understand yeah. why you're just not interested. And you could in do it. a Saturday morning brunch. Totally. See how that goes. And then maybe set up a once a month and then you tell the kids, hey, you guys get to hang out once a month on this special neighbor night. Exactly. And just be reasonable about the boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, this is our schedule. We cannot just have the kids come over every day after school. Yeah. You know, this is important family time or whatever. I might have just started homeschooling at 3.30 and here right. they are showing they up. have no idea <laughs> what our lives are like. Yeah. And so it's just important to share that stuff. If you can't communicate, you can't solve a problem. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We love your support. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast leave a rating and review to let us know how we're doing and share our podcast with your friends who need a little community, humility, and joyful fun in homeschooling.